0: It's been over a decade since I have been more shocked to wake up and see the results of an athletic event than today when I saw that the Clippers had rallied from a 31-point deficit to beat the Golden State Warriors, the defending NBA champs, the odds-on favorite, and yet here we are. This is the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP, online with our Ab Tanner Hoops with you Tuesday afternoon. Good to be back in studio after a couple of days in Milwaukee. I'm joined by Charles Belt III, a uh, longtime friend of the show, but <laughs> on for the final time today, Coach, your last week in town, and I yeah, appreciate you taking a little time out coming on here, and a good send-off for you.
1: Absolutely, man. I uh, Thank you for having me. Um, it's been... In, in terms of my, my sports pin time, it's been fun, man. <laughs> We've done a lot of good stuff. Uh, you know, the bracket show for a few years this year. Sadly, I couldn't make it, but I, I listened in. I saw Coach Nash uh, did an adamant job in subbing in and, uh, you know, having a few times to be on with you. And uh, I think that it's been, it's been great. You know, my experience here in Marquette has been outstanding. And I can't thank everyone enough. And the sports pin has definitely been a huge component of uh, my time here.
0: For those who haven't heard, Charles has accepted a head coaching position at William Woods University in Missouri. Congratulations to you! We know we're gonna miss you up here, but man, you gotta be excited. You're already hitting the ground running recruiting. You haven't even left the UP yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was it's a tremendous opportunity. Um, I was very thankful to have the the chance to go down and and be offered and accept uh, the head coaching position at William Woods. Uh, very good team taking over. Won 18 games last year. Uh, finished tied for third in the conference and uh i've i've been able to utilize the nice thing about just the coaching calendar in general is a lot of the guys that i am on now are guys that i've been evaluating and watching all year uh, and now being in a position where you know being your own boss and being the head coach having the chance to offer those guys scholarships that i've felt have have, have met my marks in terms of things that i look for and so i'm going to bring in uh I, I, I kept. I end up keeping eight guys from last year's team. Uh, three of them are starters. We're returning starters. And I'm going to bring in eight guys. Uh would like to have six freshmen and two looking for two transfers. So have a little bit of, of, of uh, some veterans, but but a good group of youth to kind of build a program around.
0: Well, we're looking forward to continuing to follow your career. I'm sure you're going to do the same with Coach Saul yeah, and the guys up here. We're going to miss you. Last question I have for you is have you ever been as surprised as to check the result of an athletic event <laughs> as you were this morning? Did you stay up for the game?
1: No, I I did not stay up for the finish. I don't think many people did. I didn't. Uh, unless you lived on the West Coast, probably. Right. Uh, I was yes. Number one, I was very shocked. Uh, I believe that first off, typically any comeback in the NBA is always is always a big thing, and and that's one thing about NBA basketball with the shot clock being at twenty four and the pace that they play at. Leads do fluctuate very quickly um, because there's just so many more possessions. However, the Warriors, usually when you're down 9 to the Warriors, it becomes 21 in a heartbeat because they can make so many baskets. The fact that you're down 31 and then the lead just deteriorate is, is, is amazing. I mean, Lou Williams, obviously always been a prolific scorer in the league you know he's one of those guys that's a career six man and, and he loves that role it's kind of similar to uh, he's a younger version of jamal crawford mm. back in the day crawford used to be the microwave guy He'd come in get your baskets but he never really was a starter mm. um lou williams was was tremendous and then of course you can't say anything but praises for patrick beverly his ways aren't always uh conventional but he has been he's a veteran, he's been a tremendous defender in the league for years, and um, I think that mentally he's wearing on Kevin Durant.
0: Durant put up as many shot attempts as Beverly last night. They both had eight, and Durant turned the ball over nine times. He looked like a pedestrian out there for a long time. And I think uh, Durant's legacy in large part is going to be on the line with this series, one of the things that people are holding against him, he wants to be considered the greatest of all time. And to do that for a lot of people, a qualifier is being a three-peat NBA champion. And even if he does do that this year, I don't know that that does anything for him. With the team that he's on, in fact, I, it might take him out of the conversation completely if they don't win the title again this year.
1: Yeah, I I, I believe that he's going to... The common fan and the basketball purists view Kevin Durant very differently. Mm-hmm. Um, as a common fan, I think he's going to always have an asterisk because they're going to say, oh, well, you needed to join this particular team, etc." cetera. Uh, that team also, though, was coming off of a finals loss, and since he's arrived, have been the unquestioned favorites to win from day one since he's gotten there. Mm-hmm. Um, the his talent at 7 feet being a guard able to handle the ball, shoot from I mean he's got in the gym range is something that the basketball purist always will look and I think you'll value in his legacy, uh, especially with the titles now coming with it and the Finals MVPs. The biggest thing that as a as a as a coach and as a basketball mind when you watch him that's always been in question is how tough is Kevin Durant? Uh you know Unfairly, sometimes he gets the soft label. And I believe that one of the things that a guy named Patrick Beverly is from Chicago, he's from my city. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I mean, I love Pat. I remember him in high school. He went to Crane High School. Um, He is the embodiment of toughness versus talent. Like, he is not a talented player. Right. And Kevin Durant is literally, I mean, we're watching yin and yang. Kevin Durant is the uber ultra talent that's been a little soft at times Mm -hmm. and I think that if he can get over this in terms of just the one-on-one matchup with Patrick not the Warriors are a better team than the Clippers we all know that Mm -hmm. but if at the end of this series you look and say wow Kevin Durant exercised that demon then it helps his legacy because now to exercise it he would have to display that toughness that he's never really shown and I think that's that's what will give him a chance to get back in that conversation even despite joining the Warriors of how great do you consider Kevin Durant?
0: You talk about Patrick Beverly. I love the way that Pat Bev plays. He's been in the league about seven years. He spent five of it in Houston and like you said he's never averaged more than 12 points a game and yet he's you think about some of the premier defenders in the NBA and some of the big men come to mind like Gobert and Al Horford but off the top of my head, I can't think of anybody that I would put on a ball handler. I'd rather have than Pat Beverly.
1: Yeah, no, at, at, at this point, absolutely. Um, he's in that class. Tony Allen mm. was there for a while where you, you just knew if Tony Allen was guarding you, it was going to be a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you have a couple of, of guys. I mean, Kawhi is that unique difference of superstar that also loves to defend. Um, Jimmy Butler is one of those two. Those guys are rare. You know, right. but, but a specialist like Pat comes around every now and then just because in reality the league is so talented mm-hmm. that if all you are is really a gritty, gutty defender, it's hard to stay in the league long.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um but he he does a tremendous job. He he it's a strategy that it's funny because all the I see it on Twitter. All the people from Chicago are like that's just Chicago basketball. We call it mucking up the game. He mm. mucks it up. He basically he fouls to the point where the official gets tired of calling fouls, so he just lets it play on. Right? He he he's he's annoying. He has his head in Durant's growing a lot of times. Like he, I mean, he just is in his shorts. Every moment, he's touching him even when he doesn't have the ball. When he's just trying to jog down the court, he's bumping him. And slowly, it just wears on you unless you're a really tough guy. And so it'll be interesting to see if and what um, Durant can do to get over that hump. Because we all know he's a superior talent. Uh, It's just can he mentally break that barrier that Pat's trying to create?
0: Stat of the day, tying into that, the Clippers are the only NBA team to come back from 25 points down multiple times this season. They've now done it three times. Wow. And that kind of leads me into uh, the guy at the helm, the leader of them all. And, you know, you're a coach yourself. You'll appreciate it. I like Steve Curry. You know, I do think he's a great coach, but I think, you know, his talent certainly has uh, had a lot to do with the success that he has. But I still think he's a good X's and O's guy. That being said, I would take Doc Rivers to be coaching my team every day of the week.
1: Doc, I, I, I agree. I think that um, it, it's, a, it's an interesting take on what, on what you're looking for from your head coach. And, and every, every coach, when we sit down and we always kind of grade ourselves on what we're good at, has different things they're good at. What Doc is tremendous at is the influence, motivation side of coaching. Those guys, he builds such relationships so quickly with guys that they're willing to commit it all. They give it all. I mean, that was one of the biggest things in Boston that all those guys, as they moved on, you hear it all the time. They talked about KG talks about it. Rondo even would bring it up. And people always talk about Rondo being a, quote, coach killer. You know, Mm -hmm. Rondo always was the relationship that Doc builds with you helps you immediately buy into this is I want to do it for this guy because he's a great guy. Steve, I think, also does that in the relationship standpoint. I believe that Kerr's X's and O's are better than than Doc Rivers. When you watch schematically the things that the Warriors do, his idea and conception of, of opening the floor for driving lanes, utilizing. I mean, Mark Jackson had that team and didn't utilize Draymond Green at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, he never played him. And then all of a sudden Kerr comes and looks and utilizes him as kind of a point center I mean I don't even know how you what you want to call it where it opens the floor completely for now all these unique pieces to have angles to shoot and drive those are things that I think schematically Steve Kerr is tremendous at Doc Rivers is tremendous at the you want to play your butt off for me you love me you love the relationship that we've built so you're going to play hard Mm -hmm. um so even the coaches, it's a great clash of styles. You watch the Clippers, they don't run great offense. No. You know what I mean? Like they don't it's not a great X and O defensively, they're not, you know, switching this and doing all these complex things. They're just playing their butts off. And they're hungry and they aren't afraid. And that I think is a testament to Doc Rivers.
0: Before we go to break, uh I was having a conversation with a friend last night about coach of the year awards and Mike Budenholzer got the Coaches association award I think that was very well deserved he's going up against uh, last year's coach of the year right now and <laughs> Dwayne Casey and then winner of that series will get either Brad Stevens or uh, Nate McMillan who somehow has kept Indiana relevant yeah. so there's going to be a lot to talk about who deserves it in the eastern side of things on the west I think both Kerr and Doc are going to be in the conversation Malone from Denver as well yeah who are your two coaches of the year from each conference?
1: Um, I I believe that. Um, hmm, well, that you is, can throw Nick
0: Nurse from Toronto in yeah, there. Yeah, well, that, and...
1: that's a that, that's a really it's a really good question. Um, the the Bucks are are very unique because again, Giannis is a is just a one in a lifetime type of talent. He can do some things, and if that if he ever gets a jump shot, it is over. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's the only knock you can have on the guy. But I believe that, again, looking at it from schematics, those guys do a great job defensively. Um, I believe that he's got to be the front runner for the East Coach of the Year because I don't know if people thought the Bucs. You knew the Bucks were going to be good. right? But this is beyond anybody's prediction of where the Bucks would be going into play. No one had them as the number one overall seed. Right. Let's just throw that out there. It was going to be Boston. All we talked about was going to be Boston. It was Sixers who were just waiting to implode, as we know. And Raptors with Kawhi, because they've been great, and now you're upgrading Kawhi for DeRozan. Um, the Bucks are supposed to be good, but to be where they are, I, the merit says I have to give it to him as Coach of the Year. Um, I do think it is unique that Brad Stevens is starting to get a little bit of, not heat, but the conversation of, of, of relationship player management stuff is starting to come up where you yep. didn't hear that before. Um, and, and, and possibly going to lose a superstar. And Kyrie, uh, so I, I would say yes, absolutely. And I know I can't. I'm gonna I butcher his last name. Buden Buden Holzer yeah. um would be my East Coach of the Year. On the West, oh, I don't. I don't give it to as much as I like Doc. I don't give it to Doc, given just the overall where the Clippers sit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the coach of the of the Nuggets. You, you, it's another one of those scenarios where did any, did you think the Nuggets were gonna be this good? I mean, <laughs> yeah, Malone's done a great job over there. But my biggest thing
0: with them is if they do go on to lose this San Antonio series, right? I don't know if he can get it if they if that happens.
1: That is true, and that's and 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 what you are seeing is the regular season differing obviously from the playoffs, and and the games slow down, and coaching matters all year. But I've always said in the regular season, especially in the NBA, unlike college. If you play pretty hard and you actually care for the majority, you win games. Because a lot of teams take days off, they rest people, etc. You get to the playoffs, the game slows, and there's a lot of schematics that happens. And the thing that differs collegiate tournament, the NCAA, which maybe we'll tap a little bit, and, and NBA is that in college basketball, I can come up with a scheme for one game. I can... I. Central Florida almost did that to Duke. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. They guarded the point guard with Taco Falls, right? They guarded a point with a center and never had him lead the restricted circle. That's a single game game plan that was a tip in away from working. In the NBA, you make that same game plan, for example. Let's say you steal game one or game two. Well, they now know that's coming. So the adjustment to the next adjustment. Um, I, I think that. Greg Popovich is always in the talk. He, he gets a ton of respect, and then sometimes he doesn't get enough respect because Kawhi Leonard is a tremendous player, and to lose that guy and, again, have an opportunity to get an upset here mm-hmm. is is going to be amazing. He's, if he wins that series, he's going to get right back in the talk. Um, and then, yeah, Steve Kerr still has the collection that says, yesterday was a fluke. We'll see you in the finals. And, yeah, how do you how do you – a guy that's been in the finals every year now – how does how does that guy right. not get it? So the West is way more interesting. I think the East is a no-brainer.
0: You mentioned uh, how having Giannis, that superstar talent, maybe the MVP this year, might hurt Coach Bud in the Coach of the Year. It, you know, and it could. Stephen A. Smith had the take today that have, uh kind of the opposite that having Coach Bud could hurt Giannis for the MVP race. He believes it's going to be Harden, and that. Simply on the fact that uh, you look at how the Bucks have responded since Brogdon has gone out, some of the guys picking up that slack where he left off, and how they're still cruising right along, is there some truth to that, or do you think Giannis uh, will come away with the award?
1: I, um, I I don't know. I can I can see where he's coming from with that idea that an uh, uh, individual's quote unquote greatness is affected also by you know the coach and if the coach is tremendous then it helps elevate the player etc my my thing is this and outside of lebron lebron being the only guy that you look at all the greats all that mount rushmore basketball the top 20 etc all of them are assigned to a coach there's somebody that was their guy mm-hmm. you know mike had even if you go to the pistons isaiah had daily um you know you've got tim with pop everybody magic's got riley you know you've got you you've got a coach assigned to the player and the greatness of the player and coach don't take away from each other they heighten each other um if giannis and coach bud continue to climb together like this year in and year out then you can't say that they're hurting each other you know what i mean like you can't say Oh, take it away from the coach because Giannis is that great, but oh, take it away from Giannis because the coach is that great. I I think that I've been on the fence on whether Giannis is MVP because of of one thing and it's very and the NBA is just very biased on this. As much as he scores, as much as he does, there's still something you can consider a weak weak like a, a legitimate weakness. Mm-hmm. And that's his his perimeter shooting ability. Yep. Um teams literally stand at the free throw line and uh, I mean Philly Tried it, and I made a couple threes at one time at the end of the season, but they were guarding him with a center, sim- similar to what uh, Central Florida did. Whether you're looking at Harden, I, mean, I guess Harden's the next guy, and I personally have never been a big James Harden <laughs> fan, but you, there's not a weakness. I mean, you can say defensively, but we all know that when it comes to the league, Award, individual awards aren't given out because of what you do on defense.
0: And he's not as bad defensively as people say he is.
1: Right. He, he's, he's adequate. Right, <laughs> right. He's not Giannis, he's, he's not Paul George, but he's not awful. He's <laughs> adequate. But that's the thing is, like, even even when Russ got it after the triple-double, was he the best defender that year? Mm-hmm. Not really. He was He was exerting an immense amount of energy on rebounding and playing fast on offense, and his defense was lacking that year. But his offensive productivity had no weakness. And it was an easy no-brainer in terms of MVP. So I do think that because the voters don't value defense as much as I think you should, mm-hmm. Giannis's greatest asset, besides his ability to score and get downhill, and I mean when he wants to dunk it on you, he's going to dunk it on you, is his defense. I mean he's a tremendous two-way player. Besides Kawhi, not many two-way players have gotten MVP. You know mm-hmm. Michael Jordan did when he was you know defensive player of the year, and then also found a way to win. You know got a Finals MVP. Um, it's been rare that you have that, and even Kawhi, you can't name a weakness on offense for Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. That's my one thing with with Giannis, and I think the vote getters, the flash on offense, it's gonna be hard. I mean, Harden's got over two thousand points or something crazy yep. like that. I mean, it's just, I mean it's it's just ungodly ridiculous <laughs> what my man does on offense. So I. I would personally, I would like to see Giannis, I'd like to see a new face get it and a reward for, he's an old school type of basketball player, he doesn't Mm -hmm. want to be friends with his opponents, I love that, right, I think that should be rewarded, my gut says that people will probably give it to James Harden.
0: Danner Hoops, Charles, Belt the third in studio with you. We owe you a timeout. When we come back, we'll preview tonight's playoff matchups next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen, weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tanner Hoops, Charles Bount third in with you. Again, Charles, last show before taking off for Fulton, Missouri, new men's basketball coach at William Woods. And uh, it's a good way to send him off. I did want to correct something in the first segment, though. I said that when I woke up today, I had never been more surprised to look at the final score. That's not true. I was the most surprised today, as it was the most surprised I've been since September 25th, 2006. I woke up that day, uh, it was a Notre Dame Fighting Irish okay. football game the day before. Back in '06, they started the year ranked second. Everyone's saying they're going to go to the, at the time, BCS National Championship. Yep. They're coming off a loss to Michigan, and they're getting drilled by Sparty, 37-17. I was at a wedding or something earlier in the day, I was tired, I was 10 years old at the time, I can't go all night like I can now, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, I was upset about the game. I had church in the morning, so I thought I'm going to bed. They're down twenty, you know. I wake up, I do what I do every morning. Back then, I get my cereal, i sit down in front of the TV and watch Sports Center, and I see Notre Dame forty to thirty seven, and I'm thinking, should have stayed up for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at so, now after uh, finding out how the Clippers came back from yeah, thirty one down.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there, there you go. I, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think when when is there been a moment where i went to sleep on something and then well usually for the most part i'm one of those that is never really over type of people <laughs> and so i'm i'm often the guy that sticks it out and everybody around you know either cashes out and leaves or whatever it may be and, and i kind of hang around so i don't know um if i've ever had a, a single day wake up surprise uh in terms of a comeback like that the the Cavs coming back from the Warriors, at three-one. Yeah, that was one that was that was like wow, okay, that really happened. Uh, and then, yeah, I not a wake up. The most hurt and surprised that was was I didn't get to watch the game. I turned off the game when the Bulls were playing the 76ers. we were the number one seed. They were eighth. We had the best record in the NBA, and we were up twenty points with two minutes left. Mm-hmm. And I, I turned the game off I'm like that one's over. It's done. And I wake up the next day, and Derrick Rose has a 20. Oh, no. no. That is the, so that's the shock. Now that wasn't. Now, the Bulls still won that game, but that is the day. That was my shocker wake-up where I woke up the next morning, and all they were running was he's down, holding his oh, knee, no. and I'm like, why was he still in the game? Well, was <laughs> so, that about 2010? Yes, it something was. Like yes, yeah. it was. So that that's my wake-up shock. But it, I mean, that, that that one was more hurt than shock.
0: Well, and we have something similar to that, finding out about Boogie Cousins, and he's got the torn quad, and he's likely done for the rest of the year. Given what happened, you know, I, I think the Warriors are going to be fine against the Clippers. In fact, I think that they're going to bounce back and win handily in Game 3. I think uh they're going to end up winning this series. Then they're probably going to get Houston in the second round, which is going to be gonna tough. Going, yep. And then uh I don't know who's after that. Denver maybe if they can get by San Antonio, who knows. Right. But, you know, if you had to pick going into it, we did a Twitter poll wanted to gauge our listeners. The Warriors are still a favorite, but if you had to pick between the Warriors or the Field of 15, who would you pick? And it was a 50-50 split. I would imagine a lot more people would be picking the field by now, By if we did that poll again today, how worried should the Warriors be that they're not going to 3 threepeat this year?
1: Um, it 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 changes some things. The the one the one aspect that that Cousins brought and you were able to finally see when he began to be a starter is his tremendous size. Number one, I mean, he's broad. He's a seven footer, um, and at that size though, he's extremely adapt with handling the basketball, which is things they like. He's able to pass, and he, I mean, the play he got hurt, he's in a sprint. He beats a guard to the basketball, Mm -hmm. which is impressive. And that's what I think you'll miss more is that finally no one had figured out the small ball, but with guys like Iguodala and and Livingston not being as good as they were, um, it it was a nice refreshing thing for the Warriors to look and be able to actually play a center but not lose that aspect of being able to still open the floor, space, move the ball, handle the ball with their big. They're going to miss that. He also was a tremendous asset on the boards. Uh, He was a tremendous asset in terms of eating up space in the paint. I do think that Bogut is a a very, very, very serviceable backup. I mean, he's a very good player. And he was there when they I mean, it's not like he's a he's a new around the block. He knows the team. He knows those guys, um, and and he, he I think he's gonna fill in serviceably. He's not the offensive player Cousins is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course they'll they'll look and and they'll have to play like they did a lot last year. They'll they'll play Dre at the five. Um, Looney Kevon Looney is is gonna be asked to now hopefully grow. He's a three year three year guy now vet, mm-hmm. and, and he's gonna be asked to do a little more. Um, I don't think it's a death sentence. That team going in, the reason why they paid Cousins only $2 million is because he was a low-risk, high-reward guy. If he came and could play, he was going to be a tremendous asset. If he was a turd in the locker room, because there's always those talks that he was a bad teammate, none of that's come from the Warriors. Mm-hmm. He's been a great teammate. Um, and And he, you know couldn't recover from the achilles they didn't even i mean they weren't expecting to have him anyway until february or so mm-hmm. they've built this team around not having cousins and him just being an added cherry on top right i don't think they come in this morning and go oh woe is me um they're gonna have to adjust how they wanted to play they were starting to really figure out playing with him and they were looking good and um that will need to adjust but i i think they're gonna be fine now, how
0: big does the Bogut signing look? Now, I mean, they're not oh, deep, huge, but that was huge. Getting huge. a guy like him.
1: oh, if he's not there, man, now we're talking. Now <laughs> it's very different convo. Mm-hmm. If if Bogut's not there, and now you're asking Draymond and Looney to really be your only quote five men, you're in trouble. Yep. Bogut's a, a tremendous backup center. He's got still starter capability. Um, I mean, they won the title with Zaza Pachui. yeah, and Bogut's better, mm-hmm. so. It, you're you're a thousand percent correct. It's a great signing, and it's gonna it's gonna pay. It's why they're it's why the franchise is as good as they are now from where they used to be. They make the right moves at the right time.
0: Well, tonight we've got three NBA playoff matchups. We've got both of the two seven matchups, and both the seven seeds won Game One. You've got Orlando taking on Toronto in Toronto, and then San Antonio taking on Denver. I mean, I know that Denver's a great team. They've had a great year, but that final minute how how uh, much of a microcosm could the final minute of game one where they just looked like they didn't know how to finish a game against a team that's been here before in the situation extremely well coached? i think Toronto's going to be fine i think they're going to figure things out uh but denver i'm i'm worried if i'm a denver fan
1: you de- i i agree 100% and that's the again the regular season versus the playoff run that that we were talking about and and you are you're spot on if you're denver you're nervous about two things number one is that you do have you have some veteran leadership and guys that have been in the league, I mean, guys that have played, Gallinari, those guys have played in the league for a while, but you don't really have a proven playoff veteran, like a guy that you look and go, that dude is going to be our guy. Um, and then you still, it's still a make or miss league, and you need guys down the stretch that you can give the ball to that are going to be able to go out and get you a basket. I mean, who... At times during the season it was Murray, you know, mm-hmm. they it, it's they've done a great job by committee, but it, it's still the reason why you look at teams that have great chemistry, you look at a team like even when the Celtics are making their push, they had a great run, but not having Kyrie was still last year showed when they needed a guy that was gonna be the man. Yep. Um and you need that. I mean, that's basketball. And, and the thing with the Spurs is, as you mentioned, veteran coach, extremely veteran players, um, multiple guys that you can say, hey, here's the ball, you've done it, win us a game. Um, Aldrich is, is one of those guys. And then the chip on DeRozan's shoulder to prove that the flaws with the Raptors, who also lost, it's yeah. very I- ironic how all the dots <laughs> connect, um, I'm not that guy. I'm a guy that you can count on in the stretch. I'm a guy that can show up in the playoffs. Uh and another veteran. I mean, DeRozan's he's a vet. So it's a, even though they're a higher seed, it's an uphill climb and the Spurs did what they're supposed to. You go in, you steal one. Um I think that Pop being a veteran mind is not a lot of times when they steal game 1, they they coast game 2, they rest and they get ready to try to win both at home to get the 3-1 lead. I think Pop understands that Resting his guys is going to be easier if you look at the format this year if they can get a sweep versus going 3-1, resting game two, and then playing game five. If they can get this one tonight and go up 2-0 and finish the series at home, their guys don't have to get back on the road. You stay in your own beds, comfort in your home, you're able to be with your training staff, recovery, and you're going to be ready for that next battle, which is another great series in the 3-6 right now. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's – I would – if I'm a betting man, I'm taking the Spurs.
0: And you've got that three-six matchup tonight with Oklahoma City visiting Portland. I mean, OKC's got the talent that they could win this series, but if they're going to do it, is tonight a must-win?
1: Yes, tonight. Tonight's tonight is is more so not just a must-win; it's a must-see on the health of Paul George, mm-hmm. and and they did the. They did a good job of keeping that kind of under wraps. I mean, nobody really knew going into the start of this that he was banged up. You just really didn't know that. And he was, for a while, an MVP candidate. I mean, some would still say he's in the race. I don't think he's going to get it, but he was an MVP candidate. Um, His health is a concern because as good as Russ is at times, we all know Russell is is a – he's erratic. He's emotional. Um, He's so caught up in the me versus D-Lil Debate and mano y mano that you can see at times he's over concerned about what Lillard's doing than the overall aspect of the game mm-hmm. and Paul PG is the consummate pro he's always been like that at, at Indiana you know I mean, he's just one of those guys that comes out does his job tremendous talent if he's able to be healthy they need this win and they need, if they lose this game though they need to lose it with him looking good because you get confidence if they lose it and he's banged up. They're in trouble.
0: Would you agree with me when I say that Lillard going up against Russ, uh, comparable talent-wise, I think Russ has the edge in pure talent, but Lillard is the better decision-maker.
1: Yes, and Lillard's a better shooter. Mm-hmm. Lillard's a better shooter from deep. Um, Russ is, without a doubt, Russ is, 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 Russ's God-given ability is better than Dane's. He's mm-hmm. bigger, he's more athletic, he's stronger, he's faster. Um but D-Lil is way more under control, way more savvy, and tremendous, tremendous three-point shooter from anywhere on the floor. Um, I, if, you're, if you're starting a franchise, I think because Russ can do more defensively and all those things and help with the rebounding, I would, I would go with Russ over Lillard. But I do also feel Lillard's one of the most disrespected players in the league. I don't think he gets enough credit for how good that dude really is.
0: Charles Bell in the studio with me, Tanner Hoops. We owe you a timeout. I want to keep picking your brain on the NBA. We were going to get to Russell Wilson. Save him for the end of the show. All right. Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.
2: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, The Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on the ESPN-UP app.
0: Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN UP. Tanner Hoops, Charles Bell, with you. Here is your Sports Center update. The Philadelphia Flyers have hired Alain Vigneault as their new head coach. Vigneault previously guided the Rangers and the Canucks to the Stanley Cup final. He will also coach Canada in the upcoming Men's World Championship. XFL Commissioner Oliver Luck announces that Kevin Gilbride has been hired as the head coach and GM of the league's New York franchise. Gilbride, at 67 years old, has won two Super Bowls with the Giants as Tom Coughlin's offensive coordinator. And finally, Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson has announced that Michigan drivers can now order special license plate bearing the logos of any Detroit Pro team. You can showcase your Lion, Tiger, Piston, or Red Wing pride with brand-new license plates. They can be ordered at ExpressSOS.com or any Michigan Secretary of State office. Proceeds benefit each team's charity uh, sponsored by whatever team they designate. You think Coach Saul be interested in getting a Lion's plate?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, he's got, he's got an NMU plate right now. Oh does he? Okay. He's got the NMU plate he'll stick with. But the thing that's funny is he's you know, his it, it, kids are, are getting older and uh and his son Quentin is 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 still hanging on to his lions love. So <laughs> might be something to look at for, for the kiddos more than uh than for himself.
0: Lions gotta start winning a little more maybe too.
1: That that would that would help. <laughs> that would really help, trust me.
0: Danner Hoops, Charles Belt the Third with you. Glad that you're with us. Uh, continuing with the NBA, and yeah, I tell you what, I was really, I really, I still am. I'm high on the Brooklyn Nets. You know, they're a team of guys that you really can't name many on the roster unless you follow them beyond D'Angelo Russell, and they, they looked like they were coming into the postseason with momentum. They looked like they were in playoff mode before the playoffs started. Philadelphia just didn't seem like their head was in it I mean Amir Johnson's on his phone during the game and they make a statement yesterday the 51 point third quarter ties an NBA playoff record and they you know ease a lot of people's fears regarding them should the Sixers be worried going forward or do they have things figured out
1: um the the thing with the Sixers and this is it's, it's a unique basketball personality mm-hmm. um and, and when you look at the the team as a whole Besides J.J. Reddick, who is just the constant pro. Mm-hmm. I mean, J.J. Reddick is like a pro's pro. Jimmy Butler is is, is an up-and-down type of guy, sometimes emo- emotionally, and it affects how he is on the court. Now, he plays hard. He's a tremendous talent. But there are times where, you know, as we know from Minnesota, you look and go, oh, is Jimmy Butler really an all-in team guy? Right. Um, Simmons is young. He's emotional. He's, I mean, the – to go from the if you're gonna boo, stay on the sides. That's just an immature comment um, from from a kid. And and again, he's clearly taken the approach that having a jump shot doesn't matter. Like he, he just, you know what? I'm gonna do me and that's it. And then Embiid is another guy that I believe consumes himself way too much with the non basketball aspect mm-hmm. of, of the game. And and what happens when you when you throw all of that into you know into a mix and 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 even Tobias Harris is another great pro like a pros right. pro you have enough veteran leadership and young talent that you look and say this team could if all the pieces fall make the finals or at least be in the Eastern Conference finals you also immediately as you're saying that as those words come out of your mouth look and go this team could get upset in the first round yeah, they because they're just so immature And it's not even a basketball maturity. They're like immature people, which is weird for pros, right? I mean, it's really odd for professionals to be that immature. Mm -hmm. And it's scary because in the playoffs, everything has to click. The teamwork's got to be there. The chemistry's got to be there. Your mind's got to be locked in. The locker room can't be broken. You always hear about teams later on when we get the 30-for-30s or whatever that, don't win a championship or never get to this point. And the conversation is, well, in the locker room, we had a lot, I mean, we had a broken locker room, you know, we, we, the, the Kobe shack, you know, we, we won, but in the locker room, man, we just couldn't stand each other. I could see later on, we find out the Sixers never win. Like if all this talent stays together and trust the process, mm-hmm. never pans out to actually produce an Eastern conference finals or anything like that. Right. Or a finals appearance. I'm sorry. Um, we looking back and going, behind closed doors, what was really going on mm-hmm. with the 76ers? So, yeah, I 1,000% concern. Um, Brooklyn's got enough chip on the shoulder, going home. I mean, that's always saying you're going home, and if Philly lays an egg, they could look up and be in a 2-2, two, 3-1 two, scenario where now you're fighting from behind, and do they have the resolve to do that?
0: I look at the way that this – team has been built, and there were a couple of media members with the Bucks. I overheard at the Pfizer the other night, uh, they don't believe that this team is built to contend for the NBA Finals, the Eastern Conference Finals, two of their top three options are not reliable outside shooters, uh, you look at the way this team was constructed, you know, they thought Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris would be enough to put them over the edge, they went all in this season, and Harris had a really bad game one, you know, in his playoff <laughs> debut with Philly. If they fall short of the Eastern Conference Finals, how much pressure, if any, comes on Brett Brown as the head coach and Elton Brand as the GM? Well,
1: you you, you definitely um, it, it's the it's the meritocracy of, of sports. So when when they acquired all these pieces, Elton Brand was in the talks for for, for executive of the year. Mm-hmm. I, he, I mean, people were literally looking and going, "Wow, what Elton Brand did going all in to to acquire Jimmy Butler, to acquire Tobias Harris." Um, I mean he he's he's all in executive of the year type material. Uh as we know in sport, chemistry matters as much as talent. And yes, at the NBA level it matters a little less because their talent can sometimes surpass you and I just don't get along. The the one thing is that the skill sets don't really click well. So you you still don't really have a so Ben Simmons can get to the paint and by getting to the paint is supposed to then create shots for others but he struggles getting to the paint because the guy guarding him stands 15 feet off. So now that ability gets gets negated slightly. Um Jimmy Butler has been a good perimeter perimeter shooter but we never consider him a top tier right. three point shooter. Uh Tobias Harris when he's on is a very good perimeter shooter but as we saw I mean, it, I mean when he's off he's not and, and, yes, J.J. Redick being the only consistent three-point shooter. Now, you look and you go, okay, Joel Embiid is a, is, a, is a ridiculous talent as well, but there are times where he's out shooting threes and you don't really know, should he be, what should he be doing? He's picking up cheap fouls. I mean, I was surprised he didn't get thrown out of the game on the spin move where he threw the elbow. Yeah. I mean, that was blatant. They can try to cover that. That was a blatant. He knew where that guy was. He tried to hurt him. And again, it just goes back to the maturity. That was an immature play. They could have got him thrown out. And you can't trust a team like that. So that's where Elton Brand, I think, would kind of fall on the sword of, well, yeah, you got the right names, but do they actually fit?
0: Last two things uh, before we go to a break: uh, Will the Pistons win a game against the Bucks after getting thrashed the other night? Not even sure Blake is going to be back for this series and oh boy the celtics are a roller coaster for me as a fan marcus smart is the energizer buddy for that team they're a different team without him i know indiana's without oladipo uh but boston trailing at halftime on sunday puts a clamps down has an eight point third quarter they allow eight points in that quarter against indiana who takes that series
1: boston wins i mean they're supposed to they should they'll they'll in my opinion they'll be fine they'll play well um Indiana is is one of those teams where injury is heartbreak because that team is now opposite of a Philly. Besides Oladipo being a star, that team's very well constructed. I mean, just enough perimeter shooting. Uh, the the Turner kid in the middle gives them tremendous size, rim protection, rebounding. Uh, you've got you've got the right mix. If Oladipo is around, you could say they might even not be in this four or five uh and and they've got talent so they're going to give Boston games because they play hard and they're well constructed boston should win coaches there great talent it'll it should all happen it will all click it it's one of those let's get over this hump in the playoffs and then let's try to hit our stride in the next rounds uh to the other series that you mentioned with the pistons my immediate answer is no they yeah. won't win a game uh that being the Blake Griffin part being why mm-hmm. I honestly, and basketball is like that. Where if Blake was healthy, Blake had his best season of his career, and nobody talked about it because it wasn't flashy. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't the dunk king anymore. He was just a sound veteran that understood how to score, rebound, distributed the ball. I mean, he was a great team guy, uh, and and he was a great leader in trying to get those young guys who, for a while, he was frustrated with on the on the same page of let's let's be mature, let's be professionals. Not having him that team what are you gonna do? You you don't have your not only do you not have your superstar, you don't really have your floor spacer, you don't have your vocal leader. Um Drummond I always said three years ago two years ago was it when Drummond was like he his stock was huge for yeah. whatever I personally would have traded him. Yeah. I would have traded him right then. He his stock was no higher than it would have ever been. Mm-hmm. You you don't know what you could have got for him. He's not the game of basketball is going away from centers like Andre Drummond. Mm-hmm. As good as good as he, the game's not played like that anymore. And now again with Blake not being there, it re exposes Drummond, and that's what we're seeing now. And I, to answer your question, no, I think Milwaukee's too good defensively. Um, they're too cohesive as a unit, they've got great chemistry, and the best players on their team.
0: Tanner Hoops, Charles Belt third in studio with you. We owe you a timeout. Russell Wilson gets paid, but will it pay off? Next in the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.
1: Check out the UP's live and local sports talk show, the Sports Pen. Weekday afternoons at 4 on ESPN-UP and on
0: the ESPN-UP app. Welcome back to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP. Tuesday afternoon, Tanner Hoops, Charles Belt with you. Glad that you're with us. Well, we found out, probably most of us this morning, Russell Wilson is now the highest-paid player in professional football. It was about 3.45 in the morning here in Marquette, about 12.45 in Seattle, and Russell Wilson posted a video to Instagram. I thought it was kind of weird at first. Now I start to get a little bit. It was him and his wife laying in bed, and he announces (laughs) it, and... You know, and the more I think about it, you know what he is—he's uh, going to get paid thirty-five million a year. He's married to a supermodel. You know, he has found favor in the eyes of the Lord. So, congratulations to Russ on uh, getting paid. Now, the highest-paid NFL player. Uh, a few things jumped out to me when I first saw that is one, Patrick Mahomes. Once he gets off his rookie contract, he's going to get forty-five
2: million a year.
0: <laughs> and uh, the other being. There's only a few quarter there's a handful of quarterbacks that are slam dunks that you would pay this kind of money for and you know he's 30 years old I don't know how many teams would have tried to trade for him because you know he's on the wrong side of 30 or getting there now and uh you're going to be having to ask for a lot to you know send to Seattle so I think this was the right move for Seattle. You know, you've got a guy who can win you Super Bowl, and I don't know among those top tier quarterbacks that there's anybody who's done more with less than Russ has consistently throughout his career.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's very interesting because often, quite often, when you talk about the top five quarterbacks and everybody always does their list, his name never gets brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's even more interesting that depending on who you're talking to, sometimes he he jumps in the debate even after 10. And so that part is very interesting in from the outside periphery looking at it. What I will say is what you get from Russell Wilson number one is you get a tremendous character guy. You get a a guy that you know night in and night out is going to always come to work. He's a, he's he's going to be a professional. He's going to make sure that he's on his game, ready to go and like you said they As the team has changed, you know, losing the Legion of Boom and uh, Marshawn being gone and all the things that have changed, one of the staples of the franchise and what's kind of kept them still always in the contention has been Russell. And it's really nice to see a franchise also reward the player for doing it the right way. Um, He's never in the news for negative commentary at Mm -hmm. all, Uh, whether it's about his teammates, whether it's about coaching staff, whether it's about media, or any anything. I, I really don't know if you can think of a time where Russell Wilson's ever been, quote, controversial. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same breath, he's extremely knowledgeable. Uh, he's very knowledgeable on social and civil issues that go on in our country, and he's always been comfortable in his own skin to speak out on those things. Uh, and like you said, I mean, it, 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 his wife is a star in her own right, and they're just one of those couples families he's one of those men that you that that you root for yeah. he, he's the type of guy and that's why i was happy when i saw the deal for him he's a type of guy that reiterates you can do it the right way and still get rewarded and there aren't en- in my opinion there aren't enough of those guys absolutely you know I, and i don't want to beat a dead horse but all oh, he gets brought up plenty Ben Roethlisberger is a guy that's up and down, right, whether it's the allegations with the sexual stuff, um, with the underage. I mean, he's always up and down, and that dude gets rewarded all the time. Mm-hmm. He, gets, he gets talked about in the top ten immediately. His name comes up. I'm just glad to see one of the good guys um, get get rewarded and, and hopefully continue to stay healthy. That's been one thing that's been, for the most part, he's been very healthy, which is always great. You always are worried about that for a guy. And uh, and you hit it head on. A couple of these young quarterbacks are looking and going, show me the money because it also means my time is coming.
0: I tell you, I'm glad you brought up Roethlisberger because that's a good transition to what I want to get at. You know, he, he stays healthy, like you said. He hasn't missed a game since he's become the starting quarterback for Seattle. Uh, he's the best or most balanced of the top-tier quarterbacks. So I've got this list I was compiling, and I put some thought into it about guys that I would immediately – you know, if they're asking to be paid, you gotta pay them. What quarterbacks belong in that tier? And I do think Russ belongs in that special tier. I put him up there with Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, and Mahomes. And I'd like to throw Andrew Luck, and I'd probably throw Andrew Luck up there too if I had to. Had to, you know, if he wanted to get paid and yep. wasn't talking extension, give me. I'd probably do that for him. Uh, then there's another tier about guys who I probably wouldn't drop everything to give them record contracts, but they're still franchise quarterbacks. I'm thinking guys like Dak and Jared Goff. So then I've got this list. Give me your thoughts on some of these guys, where which category they might fall into. Um, Cam Newton.
1: For for me, he's a no-brainer. I mean, he's, he's in my group of guys that if he needs it and wants it, I'm giving it to him. I mean, he plays through injury. He's got a, I mean, he's just, he's a different breed of quarterback. I think that Personality-wise, he's the opposite of Russ. Yeah, he's extremely outspoken. He wears his emotions on his sleeve. Um, he's quote controversial to some people. Now, I don't think he's that controversial, but there mm-hmm. are people that look and go, "Oh, he's really controversial." But for me, Cam is Cam is a yes for me.
0: You talked about Ben Roethlisberger, and you know, I can't really put a lot of I can't find too many faults in his game. He was the passing champion. But if I had to build a team around him or Russ and take longevity and age out of it, I'd pick Russ all the time.
1: Yeah, I'm I and this is, you know, this is a personal bias and also one of the, you know, shameless shameless plug um, you know, being around Marcus Tucker who spent time with the Steelers and stuff. Um, it, it's it's very interesting because I don't know if as in the locker room if that's the guy that you want Ta- on the field, we snapped the ball Can he make all the throws? Absolutely. Can he – I mean, is it hard to bring that guy down in sacks? Absolutely. Is he great in the red zone? Absolutely. Um, Off the field, do I want to throw that type of money knowing that, yeah, there might be a chance that he shows up on a tape that's not good. Mm -hmm. Um, There might be a chance that a teammate or or people within the organization – question whether or not he's got their back or where he fits in the team chemistry list. Uh, those things, when you're throwing that type of money, you do have to weigh all the stuff. But on the field, yeah, he's talented. Me, personally, he's not my kind of guy.
0: I've got four guys that were the hardest for me to put in any category, and we got about two minutes to all get right, through right.
1: them. Rapid fire. Phillip Rivers. Oh, That's a tough one. With the age now, no. But years ago, yes. I mean, you knew what you got from Phillip Rivers every week.
0: Carson Wentz. Uh, no. I just feel n- like he—I haven't seen enough from him yet.
1: Yeah, and he's very injury prone. What hurts him? So I'm saying no.
0: Matt Ryan. Yes, Matty
1: Ice. Yes, he, he's when he's got the tools around him, he's a very good quarterback.
0: Baker Mayfield.
1: No, no, no! I am not like (laughs) Coach Saul. If he was here, there you go. There's your Baker backup. He loves Baker Mayfield. He is a Baker fan. I have not sold. um, I mean, even Mahomes. I think with Mahomes is is his talents unreal. Mm -hmm. Um, He's another guy, though, that you want. The league is very unique once they get a chance to see you a, a, a few times. So now that he's, you know, now we're getting into he's not new. Let's see how it how it goes and how it unfolds. You know, he's he's it's a bad comparison because I think he's a better quarterback overall. But if you remember, and you would have been a young guy then, when Mike Vick first mm-hmm. like like people forget how electric Michael Vick was right away. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was unbelievable talent. And then the league started to figure him out. And that happens a lot. Now, Mahomes doesn't run like Vic. That was his unique gift. But Mike could flick his wrist and throw it 65 yards easily. I just want to see now. Now the league's got him for a year, and they got tape, and all these coordinators and all these players have got a chance. I want to see it. But, I mean, he's like, a, he's like an N one mixtape in football. I mean, he throws no-look passes. I mean, come on, who does that? Who does that <laughs> in football? So, I mean, I love watching the dude. I need one more year before I'm ready to give him big, big money like that.
0: Notice I didn't put in those list: uh, Kirk Cousins, no, nope. that's a no,
1: that's a no, <laughs> or
0: Derek Carr, and they're all among the top seven and highest paid. That's right. Those, <laughs> are, those
1: are no. Stafford, you can you try to give him a little bit because you want to know what the franchise has really done for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course, you know, I got to roll with my boy Mitchy Trubisky. <laughs> you know, he showed in year two that he's coming around. Um, he's got a great defense. Mm-hmm. And, and the reality is, is he going to get a contract like that? No, but he's going to get paid. I mean, he's going to get paid, and you just think about that draft class. Going in was not a draft class that people thought was going to be all that good when no. they were doing the quarterback talks. And between Deshaun, Mahomes, and Mitch, it's rare in any draft class that three are franchise for their franchise, not home run within the league, but for their franchises, home run hits. And you've got three in one class. I think Deshaun is a home run for Houston. I mean, that's, he, he's another guy in that list of where yeah, do you put him. That's a good one. When he's healthy, you've got to put him up exactly. there. Exactly. And Mahomes we talked about. And then if for the Bears, if Mitch into, wants it, he, he, you got to give it to him also mm-hmm. because who else right now is a better option?
0: Charles Belt III in the studio with me. His final week here in the UP, heading down to take over the men's basketball program at William Woods University in Fulton, Missouri. Always good to talk it's been to amazing, you. Always good man. having you on. Wishing you all the best. I know we're sad to see you go, but I know we're all rooting for you, and we're going to be following Owl
1: basketball. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it's been great. Thank you to everybody, uh, people that are listening. The community has been amazing here. Uh, I've, I've loved every moment that I've spent in terms of my time in Marquette, our – our players have been tremendous, our coaching staff, the our fellow coaches, our uh, boosters, high school coaches, you name it. I can't thank enough people. Uh, of course, I'm going to be following the Wildcats, uh, making sure that we're still getting stuff done. I kind of joked around that if there is any moment there's a skid, I might have to Skype call or something crazy like that. But, no, those guys are going to be good. It's going to be a, a lot of talent coming back, bringing back 12 guys. Um, all they got a lot of experience too. So a lot of depth. Everybody knows, yeah, you, it's hard to replace a Nob Eccles and an Isaiah Johnson individually. But collectively, there's a lot, of, a lot of really talented players coming back. So I'm excited to have a chance to be one seat over, run my own program. But, uh, it's a, yeah, it's a bittersweet. Leaving my players was really tough.
0: That's it for us in the Sports Pen. Back on tomorrow. For Charles Bell, on Tanner Hoops. Thanks for listening to the Sports Pen on ESPN-UP.